Get to know Dr. Pia Washington. She's an author, financial consultant, and realtor. She's also the founder of the Property PhD, LLC. Get to know Ryan Akers. He's an entrepreneur, a financial and business consultant, and author of Getting Things Done. Today, we discuss a special topic, love and finances. Love and finances and everything that comes with that. So we got a, a juicy discussion today, something a little different on the Shandria Show that we're going to do today. So let's dive on in. We'll start with you, Ryan. Tell me about yourself and how your business serves in the marketplace. All right. Great question. First of all, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Ryan Akers. I am an entrepreneur, author, father, all-around good guy, right? Well, I do uh, a few different businesses um, with a aim in the financial services field. Um, so most uh, commonly known as life insurance, annuities, 401ks, rollovers, things of that nature. Um, and then I've been able to kind of branch out and successfully uh, cross paths and run a successful uh, trucking business now. So we're about a little under two years in, um, and even in the pandemic, we've been able to grow exponentially with our trucking business. So I think when we started, we had uh, one and a half trucks, and we are now at 15 and growing. So we've been blessed to kind of have our, um, our foot in the right place in the market at the right time, even though a lot of other people wouldn't agree with that. <laughs> Um, based statistically, but uh, in the trucking business, in the trucking world, it was a great opportunity early. And like I said, it ended up being a great blessing for me uh, and the company to have our position where we, where we were and where we are now. And Pia, please tell me about yourself and how your business serves in the marketplace. <laughs> sure. Um, I am a mother of four, grandmother of one, and I am married to my junior high school sweetheart. We have been together for 37 years and married for 27 years. Um, also an entrepreneur and an author. I started my career in finance, and so I did a, a, a lot of corporate finance um, in my career for major Fortune 500 companies. And then in the last, oh, six or seven years, uh, kind of went out on my own. So I do, I have a, a company called The Property PhD, which does financial and real estate consulting. And I also recently launched my nonprofit, which is it's actually PhD Inc., but it stands for Path to Home Ownership Dreams, and we support um, support and provide services and transitional housing for women and children in crisis. Fantastic! Kudos to the both of you for everything that you're doing to serve not only the community but also serve as entrepreneurs as well. <laughs> okay, so today we're discussing love and finances as a way to help couples navigate through the difficult subject of money matters. When is a good time for couples to start discussing finances? In your opinion, first date, engagement party, never. When did you start? <laughs> from jump. <laughs> Come on. You play from jump? What's your name? What's your FICO number? <laughs> that should be on a shirt. What's your name? What's your FICO? <laughs> What's your side? What's your FICO story? <laughs> I would have to agree that it needs to start early um, so that you can kind of make your decision. Because I think a lot of times, um, well, well, what we say is when you meet some somebody first, you meet their representative. 
you're meeting their best person first. And when you start asking questions, it allows you to kind of peel back the, uh, the fog, so to speak, right? So I think asking those questions, which um, should be kind of fairly easy, you know, just in general, even though a lot of people probably don't have uh, the credit score that they want and or desire or and or need. But uh, so you might be making them feel a certain type of way. But listen, if this is a person that you're talking about spending any significant amount of time with, uh, you know, you want to know who, who you're going to spend that time with, right? I agree. Absolutely. And I, I think from a practical standpoint, it's, you know, I'm jokingly talk about the FICO, but also it's more important too to find out like what their thoughts about money are. Like, you know, you can ask questions early on about financial goals or, you know, which is going to be critical to any relationship, right? Like, you know, um, a lot of people will talk about whether or not they want to have children, where they want to live, but they don't talk about, you know, retirement age or planning for things like that. And they're not necessarily, uh, they don't have to be difficult conversations, right? They can be a part of your dating process, right? Where you're getting to know that person. You're general, genuinely interested in how this person thinks about money and finances, because oftentimes it's something that's rooted in us from childhood, right? And how we were raised. I mean, there's a lot that goes into how we think and feel about money. And so I think having those conversations is very productive and um, should not be scary or taboo. I'll, I'll add this really quickly. Um, just today, we're doing a training with some guys out here. And the number one reason for divorce is finance. So uh, if you can have that conversation, like she said, um, early and kind of get the, the fillers out there to understand what this person's knowledge base is on money and or their thought process, like uh, the doctor was saying, I mean, you know, you could alleviate a couple of headaches and you might even be able to find the right person earlier. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that you all are giving some great insight <laughs> and a lot to think about because money matters it's such an uncomfortable subject for a lot of people and then you're integrating that into a relationship it's one of those things that you, you kind of avoid i don't know almost like sexual history it feels like sometimes like i don't want to talk about any of that i want to just move forward from this day forward so that's really funny so it's time for the holidays right gift giving and frivolous spending habits are commonplace in relationships and can often lead to fresh debt going into the new year um how can you both encourage couples to be thoughtful without breaking the bank because you know we'll get mad if you didn't give me that gift <laughs> so how, how do you how do you develop that empathy that understanding let's put money where it's useful let's not be wasteful let's not be frivolous any ideas on that ladies first sure i'll go first thank you i happen to be a very secure saver it's a, a money styles. One of the books I co-wrote with Dr. Cosette White, who's also a friend of the show, um, was Love, Money, and Power. And my chapter was about like different spending styles, right? And I am different from most women, I think, because I, my husband's the gift giver and I am the secure saver. And I would rather he not buy me expensive gifts. <laughs> um, I would rather spend quality time or have experience. Now, having said that, I recognize that everybody doesn't feel the same way. And a lot of women, we like our handbags. There was a whole blog, social media thing about Birkins <laughs> and social media recently. If he came back to Birkin, like, and I'm like, girl, <laughs> I digress. Um, but I think that no matter what your personality is, I think that you have to 
uh, be willing to have a conversation with your partner about your budget and about what your capabilities are as a couple, right? And so I think it's very naive for, for a woman to go into a relationship, let's just say, you know, you're not married and you're dating or you're engaged. And, you know, you don't have those conversations about finances, but then the expectation when, when Valentine's and the holidays and the birthdays come around is that you're gifted with these luxurious and lavish gifts. So mm -hmm. again, taking us back to point one, if we've kind of had those discussions and say, you know what, we're gonna set a budget, I, it was hard to get my husband to that. I mean, he was the big, I'm gonna buy you a car, I'm gonna fly you to Europe and you don't know kind of gift giver. Like he was grand jester guy, right? <laughs> and I was like, okay, as long as we can afford it, I'm okay with that, but you need to be within a budget. And also you need to have a conversation that it's not always about the thing or the dollar amount. Sometimes it's an experience. And one time I gave him, he said it was one of his favorite gifts, was a coupon book. Right, oh, so hey. like the service coupon, but it didn't cost a lot of money to put it together. But you know, I see as you want to. <laughs> but you I'll turn this coupon whenever you want, and it was so like it was just thoughtful, and it was like thirty days of different things that he could you know receive as an act of service from me. So. Oh, that was a good gift, but that was his favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm like, okay, that's a great gift. Matter of fact, I hope a lot of the women are listening out there right now. <laughs> so, so let me let me first say this, because I heard the doctor mention a couple of points. And I think that if you're in a relationship, one of the things that you should know is your spouse's love language, right? Because that's important. If you think that because you are a giver, because I am also, right? I think a lot of men are. We're, we're natural givers. We, we like to fix problems or whatever. So we feel like, ha ha, let me go do this and she's gonna love it. And the whole time she's over here like, why did he just buy me a flower? Or why did, you know, something, something that we're not even thinking about. We're like trying to go diamonds and gold and she's like, just take me to dinner. Just tell me you love me. So knowing your, your spouse's love language um, I think helps a ton that comes with communication. Um, the other thing that happens is also being responsible. Um, being able to communicate, you'll know that, hey, I might have a, a bad um, financial year in business or maybe my job just laid me off or whatever the case may be. I feel like sometimes there's added pressure, even for men, because um, I'm a man, obviously, so I'm speaking from this perspective. I think for men, there's an added pressure to over achieve, you know what I mean? Um, unrealistic expectations even at times. <clears throat> and I think if you have a great communication um, level set with your spouse, it makes it easier, uh, makes it more comfortable. The man feels a little bit more at ease. And then it's, you know, you can have that conversation like, look, baby, you know, I would like to do X, Y, and Z, but this is where my budget and parameter is. And you have to be, have, have, have to, the spouse comfortable enough to be able to say, okay, this is cool, blase, blase, blah. So I, I once was the guy, <laughs> much like her husband, that was just like, we're just gonna do this. Ooh, lavish, lavish, lavish. And he got me nowhere, right? So um, I, I believe now uh, as I'm maturing more in the actual experience of things. So anything that I try to do, if it's a gift even, I, I want to make it an experience in me giving that gift because I'm a, I'm a person that likes to have the, the remnants in the back of her mind. I want her to remember that I did this a certain type of way. I love that both are about creating memories. 
<laughs> I, I was gonna say that too. I think if we can get out of the mindset too, because I think it's not just with our spouses. I know we're talking about relationships and money, but with our children, if we have them and yeah. you know, getting out of the habit of feeling like Christmas or the holiday season is all about spending. Yeah. You know, when really, I mean, 2020, if nothing else, you know, it's about cherishing your loved ones and spending quality time creating memories is what I was going to say. And I think that, you know, that goes a long way as well. It doesn't always have to be about the, the frivolous spending just for spending sake, you know, and I know that's that's sometimes a hard message to extend, whether you're the person who likes to spend the money or you're the person that likes to receive the gifts, you know, but, but, you know, talking about, again, your goals and what's important. And like, you know, if we're saving up, say you're saving up to buy a house, right? You know, like how, is that more important than going out and buying a bunch of stuff for Christmas when you have a goal to buy a house next year? Like make reestablishing that, like what's important to us in our financial future is I think critical. Okay, so you, you meet someone special. Maybe you marry someone special. I don't know. You save and they don't or vice versa. They have excellent credit and yours need some TLC. If that's a concern, how do you rectify the situation or do you just throw the whole relationship away? <laughs> okay, I have a very oh, strong ready. Okay, come on. I have a strong opinion on this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you have, I don't think you throw the relationship away because just like everything else, opposites attract a lot of times. So it is gonna be very, very rare that you have a male and a female uh, you know, partner that's going to be the same as you. And right. you know, Ryan, you mentioned the love languages. And again, like I, I, I took a beat from Dr. Chapman with the love languages when I came up with the spending styles or money personalities. So there's secure savers, there's spontaneous spenders, there's generous givers, and there's um, uh, people who status seekers. So the Birkins, you know, they they want the labels and that and right. that makes them feel good, right? It makes them feel good, and it makes them feel good to give those types of things to others. So one of the things that I think is important is to not throw the relationship away, but to talk about it and to figure out where there's common ground. Because just like I'm not going to throw my relationship away because my husband and I have different love languages or he's a people person and I'm not like that, we balance each other out, you know, and that goes into spending too. Like he loves to, because he's generous, the bill. So when we were going to restaurants, he always picked the bill. I don't care how many people it was. I don't care. Wow. He's that guy. So yeah, he's that guy. And I, being the secure saver, I'll be like, oh my God, oh my God. You know. I'm like, don't do it, don't do it. We'll spin it. But, but you know what? It's adapting. It's adapting. And what I learned to do is I set aside budget for when we go out, I'm already pre-programming myself to know this is going to be the budget versus if it was just us going out and we were paying for our own check. I've already programmed myself to know if we're going out with a group of friends and we're going to sushi. Right. This is what it is. He's going to pick right. up the bill. It's going to be expensive. And, and if I've done that, then I'm not upset. You know what I mean? And we, yeah. and we can work together and we've learned to balance each other out. He knows that there's a number that I'm not comfortable if he spends without telling me. Right, because not we share everything. I'm I'm also I'm very adamant about not splitting up the finances. So I don't know how you feel about that, Ryan, but all of our stuff is joint. Yeah, all of our stuff is joint. So but I feel like there's like under five, four hundred dollars, whatever you're comfortable with in your family. But for us it's like, okay, if you're gonna spend under a certain amount, you don't need to talk to me about everything. But because I'm the planner and the saver, if it's gonna be over a certain dollar amount, that's a conversation. 
it all comes back to communication and working together. So it's like, we have a conversation and it's like, okay, then we're gonna plan for that. That's a planable item. That's a budgetable item that we're gonna set, you know, set a goal for. I thought that was a that was an excellent answer, um, Dr. Washington. Uh, what I will say also to that tune is credit is a <laughs> it's important to remember. I mean, I didn't start off having excellent credit. I might have thought I did, but I ruined it. I remember going to the military and they approved me for everything. Anytime I went to the mall, and I literally swiped right because my parents were workers, but they never taught me about credit. They taught me to work hard. So I, I learned that, you know, head on and I can't expect anybody else that I meet because I don't know what, what their background is if I'm just meeting them, right? I don't know their family history, their dynamics. So I can't say I want her, she got to have an 800 credit score. No, you know, it took me years to just get 750, okay? I'm comfortable. But listen, it takes work and even to, to be there and understand how credit works. You know, that when you spend it, your, your credit score is going to go down because your, your utilization will go up. So it depends on what you're doing, how you're doing it. So it's, there's a strategy behind everything. Um, but the basis of it, and I'll come back to uh, Dr. Washington mentioned again, is communication. Uh, I'm not going to throw it away based off of credit um, solely. However, if there are some other traits that continue to manifest itself, uh, it would seem like maybe you have other issues going on besides that, that I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with, but just purely based off of credit, no. As a matter of fact, like like I just said, men, we're normal fixers. We like to try to correct things. So I'm gonna try to help you. Hey, baby, you know what? Mine suck too. Let's let's work it out. Let me show you what I did. Let me let me put you in touch with said individual. Blah blah blah. Like we can work to so that we can one day get on the same playing field. And uh, one of the other things I, I think is really great too having Dr. Washington right now is realizing that her relationship that she just she said a couple of really good things and I hope people pick up on it she's she was able to understand her husband and then make herself aware that this man likes to do this and so if I'm going to be with this man then I have to make myself comfortable with this and vice versa he and them but that takes work time and effort into a relationship and good communication so I, I plan to one day have that relationship, Dr. Watson. I have not found that yet. So you hear me? I tell you, it wasn't there from, from eighth grade. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It was a work in progress. <laughs> that is adorable. And I like that we keep going back to that key word of communication, 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 and being comfortable talking to your partner about whether it be finances or whatever, credit, being comfortable with that. And especially if you plan to spend the rest of your life with someone. Exactly. Do not feel like you can talk about that. Okay, we're gonna move on. So let's talk about wedding planning and also budgeting. You want your dream wedding and everything that comes with it while your mate is frugal and thrifty at best. How do you find common ground so you can live after the wedding? I see Dr. Washington, she's already shaking her head. So. <laughs> you got a flashback of that wedding seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't want to spend any money. <laughs> It was her. It was her. <laughs> I've always been this way. When I was in high school, I was like, I want to major in finance. And people were like, you mean accounting? No, I mean finance. Like, I want to understand how money works. I want to yeah. plan. I want to save. I'm, I'm that person. And so I've always been that way. But that's funny that you said that. But, I, but one of my children is a wedding planner, and she's an event planner. And she was planning a wedding. And as the parents of the female, you know, we're a very traditional family. My husband and I are like, okay, so that's me. We have to pay for the wedding. And I said, 
I will give you $30,000 cash for you to go put a down payment on a house. But I do not feel the same way about giving you $30,000 or whatever the number you come up with to spend on one night. But that's my, and I recognize again, I'm not like most women in that. But I would say that if you are a person who wants the big wedding and the other person doesn't. So, you know, of course, back in 27 years ago, my husband was like, okay, cool. Like, we don't have to stop and say, like, my aunt is a cook, she cook, you know, like, we weren't But, uh, but, 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 yeah, but for the people that doesn't work for, I feel like, um, you need to understand what, you need to have a plan. You need to have a plan because the person who wants to go all out and spend all the money, um, you know, if it's not realistic, just realize that that could be detrimental to your situation, like in all seriousness, like, you know, you don't want to set yourself up for failure or like, you know, be in a whole bunch of debt. You know what I'm saying? Like go into debt to throw this, big party and I'm not downing people who want to do it. I understand it's the women, you know, they love it. I mean, Chandra, right. I'm sure you probably had a beautiful day, an expensive <laughs> day. You just look expensive, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's important, but again, know your budget, know your, your, uh, your range, right? Like what you're really going to be comfortable with. And let's not, again, go all out for the holiday, go all out for the one big day, go all out for the party if we can't afford to do that. And then, Ryan, we don't have life insurance. Right. We oh, have this man. big wedding, but we don't <laughs> yeah. have disability insurance. But yeah. we have this great night and this pictures from this party, but you know, we're renting and rent's continually going up and we have no, you know, home ownership. And so I, I think prioritizing. I mean, again, I know that's not the popular opinion, but no. prioritizing and planning um, go a long way. So that's my thought. Good doctor over here. I would, I would dare say, you are an anomaly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you. Um, <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> but, but, I, and and while I say that, and you know, I mean no harm because I actually think that it's it's fantastic that you were that aware that mm -hmm. young. And I think uh, if more women and men, right, women, were yeah. had that cognizant, you know, awareness to think about how this money spending frivolously, basically, you know, like you said, for one night we're gonna spend how much money when we can literally take this, start a business, buy a franchise, or you know, buy a home. We could put it for our kids' college fund, whatever the case may be. There's a there's a bunch of different things that have to happen. Um, but again. I would say this communication, right? Because I, I see, and I've not been married. I've been engaged once. I've not been married, but I'm a person as a man. I feel like a wedding. A lot of times we see it as just a woman's day, right. and I'm like, look, we're gonna get married. It's not just about you, especially. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm there too. Hey, I want to have. I want to make sure I'm, that I'm positioned, you know, well, and you know what I mean. Yeah, I want to take pictures too. Yeah, I want to do the whole gambit. However, because I am financially driven, I would definitely be that person that has rationale and say, hmm, how about <laughs> let's do a destination wedding for like four or five grand and take this other money that's gonna cost a bazillion dollars and let's just, you know, if somebody wants to give us some money, great, we'll put it towards a, you know, 
something else. Like you said, there's a there's a bunch of different things. In 2020 right now, we have to be smarter about our finances, we have to be smarter about our health, about our life in general. <clears throat> and those things all play a big part. Buy a house, like like she said, I think that's a great option actually. Instead and, of and I don't wanna I don't wanna be I don't wanna be look or like make it because I, I, I want to give a practical advice for the viewers because it is an important day to, I realize, men, but mostly women. And I think, you know, too, if you find that it's really out of your budget, you want to, like, you have to get creative. So again, thinking about the experience, like how can you do it on a budget? There's so many resources right now about how you could do everything on a budget, right. right? Like, and you can make a really beautiful experience. You can get your bridesmaids in on it and have them help you make, you know, centerpieces. It could be like an activity that you guys are like, there's a lot of ways that you can get creative to still have a beautiful night of your dreams, but not break the, break the bank and put your financial, your family in a bad financial position from Jump Street, or you've saved for it and you you save for it and you plan and you have it and spend it. So I don't want it to be like all doom and gloom. Like that's not what we're saying, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Have your day, but just do it smart and think about, like you said, if one person wants to go all out and the other person doesn't, how can we compromise? The others two, yeah. word, right? Good how word. can we compromise and have this beautiful day, but also be mindful of the budget and our financial goals that we have, you know, for the future. You have to communicate. You're learn we're learning how to compromise. <laughs> Great <laughs> yeah. lesson today. Um, I, what I love too about about it is if you're planning a wedding, you want to do things cost effectively. I didn't have a very expensive wedding, and my parents actually took care. They planned my wedding. I didn't even. I was in California with you, so <laughs> I attended <laughs> my own wedding. Like I think I got was the dress. They, my parents were at my at our cake tasting, at our uh, food tasting. I'm on FaceTime, like, how is that? Is it good? So I wasn't very hands-on, but I was totally okay with that. But yeah, we had a, we didn't have a, it was a creative, um, well-planned out. My mom has a knack for that kind of thing. So, I mean, I think that's totally fine rather than spend a lot of money and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Right. Um, like you say, just one day, or rather it's better to be invested or saved and you still have to live. That's just why I wanted to put this question on here. So I'm gonna move on. Some 15 million Americans are self-employed and many couples are getting a piece of the pie. However, entrepreneurship requires lots of time, energy, and capital. What should people be mindful of when starting a business with their mate? Both are entrepreneurs. Yes. I will start uh, just because I only have something really quick to say. I've been in business with my husband three times and we've worked at the same corporate company three times. And so um, what I will say is that it's not something to be taken lightly. <laughs> um, and it is very much something that you can't leave. Like when you leave the office, you can leave work at the office. But when you're an entrepreneur, it's constant. Right. It's 24-7 and you bring it home. And so the advice that I would have is to try to, as much as possible, separate the two right because you know i'm i'm very intentional about the time that i spend with my husband even when our kids were little they're all grown now we would say you know we don't want our kids to grow up and then we've spent all this time worrying about them that we haven't really we lost connection with us and it's yeah. the same thing in business it's the same thing when you're with your job or if you're an entrepreneur and you give it your all and give it your all while you can but when you come home at some point in time at night 
you have to shut that off and you have to focus on that person and you guys have to be separate from that business, right? And let that kind of sit, you know, because you need to have that time to work with each other. I would have to agree with that statement also. And also, um, you know, I've, as, a, as a single man um, that's been in the dating pool, it's a little bit difficult when you're doing such a thing. Uh, sometimes to shut off that mode, right? So you have to have a, a partner or a spouse who is able to kind of take you and, and knows how to, you know, push the right trigger to, to shut that off or to block you or to have your back in that said environment. Um, but I think it's an amazing tool. I think it's great that couples are doing it. Uh, the time is now to be an entrepreneur. Why not? I'm really big on a pro entrepreneur, period. So I think that, um, you know, anything that you're gonna go give to your job, a regular nine to five, not, not knocking anybody that has a nine to five regularly, I think is amazing. But if you're gonna give them that much of, of your time, effort, energy, and you know, why not do it towards something that you love to do or something that you and your spouse both love to do. And, and being an entrepreneur is not um, necessarily about money anyway. It's about having freedom. Right. So if you if you and your spouse are doing something that's a joint venture together, then think about obviously it takes work to make anything happen. <laughs> so, you know, trying to set aside that time. But when you set aside that time, think about the freedom that you're giving your, each other by being entrepreneurs. I wholeheartedly agree and what I what my hope for today is that you all have spoken words that will inspire um, people all over the world that are watching this uh, to to think to communicate um, and also cultivate their relationships and not to give up on their relationships because like you said Ryan earlier that you know finances are such a, a staple in divorce rates and yeah. and um, ending relationships um, it creates such problems when I mean sometimes uh, it could be resolved with healthy communication it could be resolved about talking about these things early it could be resolved by being considerate of your partner's feelings mm -hmm. or, um, or or the things that they care about so just being more mindful so that that's my hope and it's been a true pleasure to have both of you as my special guest uh ryan how can we get your book check out your services and follow you online yes ma'am so for all things ryan acres you can go to ryanknowsbest.org um and everything that you need to know is there my book uh, books excuse me is there um all of my social media links and handles as well as any information that you would need to know for yourself um Hey man, stay in touch, guys. RyanKnowsBest.org. <laughs> and my dear Peter Washington, who always comes through for me. <laughs> <laughs> How can we connect with your book, your property PhD, your nonprofit, your services, yep. everything that you're doing? How can we find you? Keep up. It's just like Ryan. Go to one site, thepropertyphd.com, and everything is there on my links. I, I'm not sure if the nonprofit is linked yet, but it should be shortly. So, um, and and I appreciate you so much, Andrea, for having this platform. Thank you for having me. And yes. uh, it's fun to meet you, Ryan. Likewise.